This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Embiid, catch and shoot, and it's good. He switches it home. Embiid inside gets two and a foul. Embiid spinning several times and finishing. Beautiful touch by Joel Embiid. Shoots against the double and it just doesn't matter. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski and Chris Ranji with you. Embiid post 36, Luca with 32. No surprise, but not much of a contest last night as the Sixers take care of the Mavs 113. 295. So I saw this story uh, come across on Monday afternoon. I reached out to the fellas. I said, guys, we got to get Doug Kazarian on. I want to talk about this. Anytime <laughs> there's more expansion in uh, the sports betting industry, uh, some companies trying something new, uh, I think we should talk about it. It's great for the industry as a whole. So we welcome in Doug Kazarian at Doug ESPN. You watch him on Daily Wager on ESPN2 every day, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Also has the Behind the Bets uh, podcast. So, Doug, tell us, uh, share with us, uh, what are you guys going to be doing coming up on Wednesday? Good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a special edition of Daily Wager, and it's going to be a second screen experience, basically, for the Net Sixers game Wednesday night. So, the main broadcast will be on the main ESPN channel, and then on the ESPN two, the Daily Wager crew, and also going to have NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins join us, and we're going to watch the NBA game through the lens of betting. And we actually did this in the NFL with the playoff game with the Ravens and Titans, mm-hmm. and we got really positive feedback with it, so we're going to be doing it here. And basically what you'd imagine, just watching the game, we'll talk about in-game odds, uh, kind of grading some props, maybe have some sidebar conversations, maybe like MVP odds, things like that, futures market and just really take it in and discuss sort of uh, all the storylines and, and what whatever pops up through the betting perspective. Is there a – I'm sure you're trying to find a balance, like how much you want to get into numbers, how much you want to get into betting in a broadcast like this, even though it is going to be uh, heavily weighted that way. Do you, do you know how to find that proper balance? You know, it's a good question, um, and I think that balance – is to be determined to the average fan. But I think with this being a second screen experience, and we'll talk about it more, the show, we're going to do a rehearsal tonight and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, we want it to be very gambling heavy because this is a gambling broadcast, right, through the lens of Daily Wager. Now, if this were like main channel and we were just sprinkling in 
Right. Betting, I think to your point, we would have to find the balance and find where the sweet spot is. And we don't kind of push away conventional fans who want no betting, right? Like that, finding that sweet spot and the appetite of the, the average viewer. But for this being specific to the daily wager audience, we're going to be very heavy with betting. I think the one thing we need to do, maybe, and, you know, we're going to have some more conference calls coming up later today is just kind of dissect where, how do we do, how much do we need to explain, right? There could be people a little bit interested, some novice bettors as we have states adding sports betting, right? Over the last, you know, year or two. So, cause we're still pretty new, all things considered into sports betting and with, with each state adding. And even if you're not in a state, there's still people open to it. So I think it's about finding that, that, happy medium about what to explain what not to explain but definitely want to be looking through the lens of betting but we're also going to uh, lean on Kendrick Perkins as just NBA analysis and maybe not ask him for a bet but you know if he sees a matchup not, like for example the Nets have a hard time against big men right most teams have a hard time against Joel Embiid but I think that's particularly their Achilles heel so maybe what he sees with Embiid versus this Nets team, and maybe something to file away for the futures, especially if they meet up in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sure, and uh, you could add Maryland and Arizona to that list now. They just passed sports yeah. betting bills uh, later on Monday. A lot of this is uh, trial and error, even though you've been doing this for longer than most, uh, covering sports betting. And we're, we've learned a lot, I would say, over the last couple of years. And there, there are all sorts of different ways to do this. Um, like I'm sure you guys will try some stuff Wednesday. You'll be like, yeah, that didn't work. Let's uh, do it a different way the next time. And there are some places like Barstool, just guys hanging out watching. Or, or we saw earlier in the golf season on Peacock, they tried it uh, with points bet, and they, and they would bring in a trader, and they had multiple desks going on. What do you what do you think works best, or what do you think will work? More of a relaxed atmosphere, people hanging out, kind of like you know you're at your buddy's house, or just like a full on studio studio show with uh, numerous analysts involved? Well, I think it, every, the answer is yes. I mean, right? Like everything works yeah. um, because we have a lot of content right now in all spaces, whether it be news or sports, that all of it works, right? Like let's just talk about the ESPN lineup, right? So Sports Center is obviously the flagship station and we've modeled daily wagers sort of off of that, right? But then sidebar, like PTI has worked College game day has worked. And then mm-hmm. game day took on a little different flavor, obviously, in the past year with COVID. And then we've had other shows, quote unquote, work, whether it be on Snapchat, Sports Center on Snapchat. We've had other stuff in sort of the Twitter live broadcast with the college football standings and uh, other sort of little here and there shows. But so we just kind of going to do us, right? Like we're not saying it doesn't work to do another way. We're just going to do what we do. Now, it, I think it worked really well in the NFL uh, when we did the playoff broadcast, but it was a little different. So we were doing it in conjunction with the NFL live crew. So like Laura Rutledge and the analysts sort of hosted a main discussion during the field of play. And when there was a timeout or between you know, a kickoff and things like that, they tossed it over to us and we broke down the line. But that's just kind of the nature of the beats with the NFL. So we weren't sort of the focal point, and the graphics were incredible, right? The the compression graphic on the screen and all the other prop bets they graded, it just worked really well. This will be different because we're going to be the main uh, and only show, so to speak, in town on, on the broadcast. So I'll be driving the conversation, but all of us will have to sort of acknowledge plays going on during the game 
and then also talking about betting. So we're not going to be sort of that, hey, only us in between in stoppages. We're going to be talking the entire time. So it will feel more relaxed, right? The other time was like, all right, a team just scored. Now let's break down the, the in-game score or in-game line. Now it's going to be a lot of free-flowing, so the, the conversation will be relaxed. Now, will we be at the desk and some other stuff? Yeah. So we might be a little bit more buttoned up, but we're not coat and tie either. We're going to be pretty relaxed and casual, having a good time. So I, I think it all works. And I think in due time, every network, every whatever outlet is going to get to wherever they're going to be most comfortable with. And ESPN, you know, right now we have two shows. I mean, we talk a lot about Daily Wager, and obviously that's the prime one, but we do three days a week. Uh, I believe it is on it's called a show called Bet, which is on uh, through Twitter and the YouTube channel. And Tyler and Joe do it, and they're very relaxed, and they have some fun segments, and we bring on another ESPN personality a lot. And they do they have a great time. I filled in a couple times. It's super chill. Uh, they do some pretty silly stuff, and it's very, very casual and very relaxed. So it's not that ESPN, you know, coat and tie and everybody else, and Barstool's all relaxed. Like, I'm pretty sure in due time, Barstool will have a different um, hmm. sort of plan, and other networks will kind of do a variety of things. So I think it's just about – appealing to a different range of audience and our, our, our analytics crews and our, and our fan engagement departments have done enough research where, you know, we have different sort of content for maybe different platforms, different times of the day, different everything. And we just try to have a wide range of everything to try to serve all sports fans. And then just daily wages is going to try it right now uh, with this broadcast on Wednesday night. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Doug, with the Denver Nuggets six games back of Utah in the West, um, you know, the the Jamal Murray injury is going to affect them probably in a serious way. But how much will that affect Denver as we get closer to playoff time? You know, it's a great question because a lot of people are asking themselves that this morning. And you don't want to seem too callous and insensitive and just talk about the futures market and things like that. But you know, there is the domino effect on the court and what the Nuggets were going to do because they were, I felt, was finally considering them a legit contender since the Aaron Gordon trade. Like, I was kind of dismissing them um, up until that trade. Just felt they were a player away or so or just something was off. I, yeah, they made it to the conference finals last year, but that was sort of a mistake and a fluke getting past the Clippers after they were down 3-1 and 20 points in a couple of those games. But now, without Murray, I definitely concerned obviously Jokic is a stud and I actually I'm curious about the MVP race right because Jokic the big concern for them was like Denver's standings right like with the LeBron injury and Denver getting up to the four seed Jokic became the odds on favorite and now in the last week or so he climbed up to two dollars and even a little bit more as a favorite but now it's come down a little bit I've looked at a few shops it's come down a few uh places so I think Jokic is the uh, obviously still the favorite, and he's an odds-on favorite, but now Embiid's making a push. And you wonder, and you know, they were talking about it last night, and Van Gundy was saying he's going to miss a quarter of the season. That's if he plays every single game between now and the end of the year. Now, he might miss a couple more games here and there because of load management, 
And then you really have to ask yourself, Bill Walton in the late 70s, and it was a while ago, but when he won his MVP, he missed a bunch of games. I want to say 18, but I'm not 100% sure. It was a lot. It's the most anyone's ever missed. And you just have to wonder if this year is going to be really atypical and voters are going to think outside the box because of the COVID and the quick turnaround for a, a team like maybe LeBron if he had come back sooner. But um, I think it's I think Jokic, I don't think because of all the injuries, I don't think team success is going to matter as much. I think Jokic is still going to get the MVP, even as like maybe a five seed or something like that. Gotcha. With uh, Doug Kazarian from ESPN at ESPN, Doug. On Twitter, it's Joe Strowski, Chris Ranji. This is BetQL Daily. And, Doug, I know you pay close attention to all the twists and turns in these uh, various awards markets, and some of them already seem like a wrap. Uh, one of them that might also be hanging in the balance is most improved player. The majority of books have Julius Randle as a $2 favorite. Do you agree with that? I do. I, I think some of that is accentuated with the NBA spotlight in um, New York. And just given what um, has happened, it's it's interesting what happens in the in the in the awards market. You you know we say this all the time. You got to handicap the voters as much as you got to handicap the players. And you know one thing is you wonder if Tibbs is going to get MV excuse me Coach of the Year votes, and if he doesn't, they kind of start to like share it. So like obviously Quinn Snyder's the favorite for Coach of the Year, but maybe Monty Williams if the Suns do in fact get the one seed or. Even if they don't, he could still win it. And Tibbs is right there as well. But if, like, Tibbs doesn't get it, like, they almost by default try to find another award for the Knicks, even though they're really kind of, like, shouldn't be correlated at all. But that's kind of what happened. Yep. So the, the comeback player of the year is probably Julius Randle, and it's probably strengthened because of that. Who else is in the mix? I know Jeremy Grant was getting a ton of buzz at the beginning of the season. I haven't seen the latest odds. It's a drop off. It's a big drop off to Christian Wood around fourteen to one. Zach Levine twenty to one. So Jeremy Grant's no longer in the mix. Uh, no, he was he was right there about plus. Okay, so those two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Woods missed a ton of time. He should not get it. Um, Zach Levine, obviously a great. It's us, It's rarely a guy who's like all star caliber uh, who comes up from like a fringe all star to all star. We've seen it, but it's usually a guy like Randall. And I think what he's done. I mean. It's been incredible this year, and I, I think it's I think it's going to be his to lose. Just and you compare the media markets, New York spotlight to the Pistons, and right. and, I, and I think um, just Randall doing it for a playoff caliber team versus kind of a good stats bad team situation with Jeremy Grant. I think people probably dismiss and probably say a lot of guys can put up what Grant's putting up. I don't agree, but I think that's sort of dismissed a little bit. So I would say uh, I would certainly say Randall's probably a good bet at this point, to be honest. If it's only $2 right now, I'd probably set a fire on that. Do you like Anthony Edwards as the rookie of the year? I know there were a lot of people who thought that even with the the mellow ball injury that that still he would probably uh, you know win it, but he's at plus 200 now. Yeah, I, I like LaMelo Ball. I've actually bet him recently a couple times at $2 and plus 182. I, I think LaMelo's going to win it. Um, wow. Funny, we're, I, I'm doing this podcast, uh, my Behind the Best podcast this week. Tomorrow is going to be with Tim Bontemps who is, uh, works for ESPN.com and, and you know, it talks to a lot of voters and stuff like that. We're going to break down all these awards. So um, this is a nice warm-up for me. But, yeah, no, I, I think LaMelo gets it. I think he's played enough. We've seen people in the past. I mean, look, Zion was in the discussion last year, and he barely played any games. And indeed, when he won it, did not play a ton of games. So I think um, I think LaMelo is the right play. I think Edwards' stats have been pretty weak. Uh, yes, he's had some incredible dunks. 
But now that D'Angelo Russell's working back from injury, he's been on a minutes count of late. I don't think Edwards is that impressive and has that done much to, to, to earn rookie of the year where LaMelo was like, I mean, he was a total stud carrying a playoff team, the point guard, must-see TV. Every yep. Doug Kazarian, ESPN, at ESPN, Doug. Sorry, Doug, we're up against it there. We will be watching on Wednesday. So best of luck with the NBA BetCast. Our best bets are coming up next on the BetQL Audio Network.